0: Due to inclement weather likely hitting the plains this weekend, the University of Oklahoma football program rescheduled the 2019 version of the spring game to this upcoming Friday night. It is presumed to be the first time Oklahoma has played their spring game under the lights. Aside from the obvious inconvenience of fans needing to amend their schedules, count me as someone who sees this as a positive development, albeit an ironic one. The dirty little secret about the spring game that the coaches are trying to underplay is that it's truly terrible football. That's the honest truth. That doesn't mean you shouldn't be excited for the game. There's certainly something to be said about this being the only time we'll see the team on Owen Field until the end of August. But this is still a glorified practice, and it's typically played with that sort of urgency. So let's call this what it is. An opportunity for people to show up on a Friday night and show enthusiasm for recruits. This is a big deal now. This is what they're trying to do. That's what this entire weekend is for, and the weather has forced OU's hand to make a decision that really should have already been made. If the sole purpose of this weekend is to roll out the red carpet for potential future Sooners, they should never consider playing this game in the afternoon again. This should be a night game from here on out. There's just something about games being at night. It makes things more rowdy and fun. Everyone knows this. So let's hope the festivities of up this upcoming Friday night will make that decision much easier for the program going forward. I'm Grant Benson. This is West of Everest.
1: Oh, the dot. They make it a little heavy here. Over the homer with the and dancing
2: into the end zone, the Sooners, Quinn Ingram. Yeah, he's either cramping or has pulled muscle. I thought In- he was shooting, but apparently. Yeah. He's, he's hurt. He's hurt. He's either cramping or he's pulled. Ingram with an interception return for a touchdown. Did a little icing on the cake. And the boy, I- I'm thinking he's cramped up. Hopefully he's just knotted up and it's not a it's not a pull. But he read this and jumped the route. And Ingram says, see you later.
1: Clint Ingram gets our show going today. His 50-yard pick six against Tulsa back in 2005 capped off a 31-15 Sooners victory. Ingram had a fantastic senior season in 2005. 61 tackles, 10.5 tackles for loss, five sacks and four interceptions, plus that touchdown you just heard. Hey everybody, I'm Lee Benson. You've already heard Grant at the top of the show with his opening take. We'll bring him back into the fold here in a moment. If you're listening to this episode on the day it was released, well, we're about hours away, just mere hours away from the Oklahoma Spring game. Lincoln Riley announcing Tuesday that the game will be played Friday night instead of on Saturday. It's all weather related. We're supposed to get temperatures in the low 40s, I think. And uh, definitely rain all day Saturday in Norman. So instead, we're going to get temps in the 50s and 60s, I believe, on Friday night. And more importantly, no rain in the forecast, just a lot of clouds, I think. So kickoff Friday scheduled for 730. And for all you Lee Bryce fans out there, that concert is scheduled to begin at 630. So the plan today, I think, is to give you all a quicker version of the podcast, something that you can kind of consume quickly before the game tonight. We'll go over a few news and notes from Oklahoma's media availability this week, and of course some of the spring game details, the rosters, the format, things like that, and we'll let you know what we're looking for in the spring game, what to watch out for on Friday night. So with all of that, let's bring back Grant. Let's get this thing started. Grant, I think this is going to be, and you talked about it a bit in your opening take, but Lincoln Riley said that he believes this is the first spring game at night in OU history, so that should be uh at the very least different right
0: yeah it's a no brainer in my decision or decision in my in my mind um i just yeah the the logic to me of you know if you're having a weekend exactly you know for recruiting you might as well make the game as as lit as possible as the kids say these days so you might as well put it at night um I don't know. I I think this is actually a positive. I think this is a good thing. So I I'm sure the I'm sure the game won't be as as highly attended, but you never know. Um, I think this is a perfect you know opportunity for students to go if they want. They get in free. I would say have a few drinks beforehand and, and go to the game. You'll be there for an hour and a half. You can go home and party afterwards.
1: Yeah, I think Campus Corner will be a lot a lot more um, exciting. Then on a normal Friday night in the middle of April after a spring game with football in the rearview mirror potentially I guess we'll see I know there's uh, there's probably a lot of stuff going on I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a lot of events revolved around the spring game weekend just because it's one of the bigger weekends in the spring because there's not a whole lot going on uh, the only thing with that is I yeah I think it's going to be better I just I think the reason why they probably never want to have it on Friday nights is because it's such a big recruiting weekend and they want to have the recruits come in and. And have like a whole experience throughout the weekend.
0: So, you know, Friday night, they probably do something specific on Friday. Well, I'm not saying doing it on Friday night. They should do it on Saturday night. Oh, like oh, I know. Like, yeah. I, I mean, Friday night is not the preferred night to do it. I'm just saying, you. like, it's it, it's it's cool that they get to do it at night this year. But no, I mean, they should do it on Saturday night.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's, we'll just, see I mean, that's how this my goes. opinion. I think we'll that's how would this be, goes. I just, if, can you imagine waiting around all day for the spring game, though? I mean, well, I mean, you kind of want to get it over with.
0: Sure. I mean, you just you you reshuffle like your activities and everything. I'm sure they have that entire weekend planned. They can just do stuff before the spring game. I don't know. I, I mean, I'm sure I'm sure they have very specific reasons for doing what they do. But I don't know. I, yeah, I if it's if, if, a good if, run. Yeah, I'm saying if, if you're going to do a game that's or if you're going to do a weekend that is still centered around the game, you might as well try to maximize the game being cool and you can probably do that at night the best. All right, well, we'll talk more about the spring game later. Let's start the
1: meat of the show with just the fallout from Caleb Kelly's serious knee injury. As we talked about last week, OU Insider reported that Kelly tore his ACL, but Oklahoma, for the record, has not made an official announcement on that knee injury. Uh, And Lincoln Riley did not specify Kelly's injury when we spoke to him back on Tuesday of this week. The only thing that Riley gave us, that kind of hints at the severity of the injury is that Riley said, quote, this is not a minor injury. So, I mean, all signs are, are pointing to the the torn ACL. So, uh, you know, let's just hear from Lincoln Riley on his thoughts of losing Caleb Kelly for an extended period of time.
2: He's getting ready to get it cleaned up here in the next few days. Um, so, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have to see, you know, it's a, it's a, you know, it's not a minor in- injury. And so, uh, you know the positive is is he's a tremendous worker um he's gonna do everything right he he's a fast healer um and so you obviously got a lot of opportunities with it happening this early you know if there's possible you know possibilities for the comeback. there's possibilities with all of them now with that have red shirts available with the four game uh deal and so that, that could potentially come into play here so we'll we'll see how it goes uh but he's uh he's the right kind of guy to get through this and handle it the right way so hate it for him you know it's it's hardest part about this game but thankfully he's got that red shirt year and he's in a great frame of mind.
1: All right Grant, so the things that stand out to me about that soundbite is I think it's something that we maybe touched on a little bit last week when we found out the news of Kelly probably going to be out for the whole year. Um, the NFL does not seem to be immediately an option I think because I mean Riley twice brought up the idea of a red shirt so that makes me think that maybe he either that's just Riley's idea, or he and Caleb Kelly have discussed it. And Ke- Kelly's already saying, Yeah, I mean, this I can just use a red shirt year, get healthy, and come back next season. So, I mean, what did you take, if anything, from Riley's, Riley's thoughts?
0: Yeah, I think it's pretty fair to read into that. You know, I that that does sort of uh, at least suggest that maybe a conversation has been had, and maybe he knows something that we don't yet. So Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's interesting. Um, it, it, it's certainly, I don't think it would surprise anybody if, if, if it's Caleb Kelly's plan to rehab this thing and then come back for a fifth year. Um, I think everyone would agree that he's probably a guy who would go undrafted otherwise, if he, if, if he tried to attempt to, you know, go to the NFL. So, um, for his future and, you know, if he wants to play in the NFL, that's probably his best, his best course of action. And it's, it's a good thing for the team. I mean, the 2020 team at linebacker will presumably have a whole hell of a lot of depth. So some of the names that Riley mentioned,
1: because the obvious follow-up question, you know, after you get past the injury at sucks for Caleb Kelly, but you look forward to the season and the obvious follow-up question that people want to know is who's going to be replacing Kelly at will linebacker. And you kind of had some thoughts last week. And I think your thoughts pretty much came true because the names that Riley said, and this is an order of when or how Riley brought them up. He said, Deshaun White, Brian Mead, Levi Draper, Brian Asamoah. And he also said that Ryan Jones has moved inside from outside linebacker. And it was actually on the day that Kelly was injured. But Riley made a point to say that it wasn't because of Kelly's injury. He said they actually made that move before Kelly was injured. So Ryan Jones moving to the inside to give himself potentially some more playing time as well so I got some sound about uh, from Brian Odom the inside linebackers coach that has a little more details on that grant but before we get to that do you have any thoughts on uh just the list of names of guys that rally laid out there or I mean were you surprised by the order or any of those names at all or is that no just the whole, no, no yeah. I mean
0: it's uh, I mean Deshaun White was always going to be the guy who, who kind of stepped in there I think um you know he was he was pretty much the first guy off the bench last year, um, a lot of the time to replace Kenneth Murray um, at middle. So, and I know they had moved him over to Will. So, it just seemed obvious to me they're they're kind of breeding him to be the next really good linebacker at OU. You know, uh, so yeah, I mean, I think Caleb Kelly getting injuredly just really crystallized a lot. On on the defense in terms of what we're going to see because I think one of the biggest questions right with Alex Grinch being hired was what was he going to do with Caleb Kelly that's no longer part of the picture so I think it's I'm like I said last last week I'm very comfortable with with just rolling out there with Kenneth Murray and Deshaun White right, those are your two starting linebackers it doesn't you know injury withstanding that's what it's going to be hopefully they don't get injured and hopefully that's that's just the starting duo the entire season fingers crossed all right let's listen to Brian Odom. Talking about
1: filling Caleb Kelly's role at will linebacker,
3: it'll be a number of guys. Um, you know, uh, the the first guy that's going to step into that role is going to be Deshaun White. Uh, talked at length about him in the past. I, I think the world of him. Uh, not only as a player, but he's been uh, completely bought into what we're trying to do. Um, instinctive. I said that before. Um, I'm excited for before Deshaun's opportunity to go and uh, go, go show what he can do. Uh, it's there for the taking for him. Um, uh, but the other guys are there, uh, they're fighting to get reps as well. Uh, Brian Osamoa, uh, he's coming out, and and he's progressed uh, in a good way. Uh, we moved Ryan Jones into that room and, and excited to get his athleticism in the room and his size and his speed. Uh, he's done some good things uh, from a newcomer standpoint coming in there, uh, and there's a whole bunch of other guys. But those those three guys in particular are going to be the guys that you're going to see uh, move forward and, and – um, excited about everything that those guys are going to be doing
0: so kind of the same things that we were just talking about but just hearing mm-hmm. it from he the just did coach brian odom he did he did not mention brian mead or levi draper though did he not
1: mention mead i thought he okay
0: no he just he said he said brian and then he kind of paused for like two seconds and then said asamoa um oh, so yeah, okay. he so he specifically mentioned deshaun white brian asamoa and ryan jones so I think that might have been a bit of a tell from him. I think those are probably the three guys right now. So that I mean, that's that's yeah. that's telling me, man. It just it just it looks worse and worse for Levi Draper every day. Well, I, didn't I wouldn't really be I I, 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 I wouldn't was... be surprised if I see I seriously wouldn't be surprised if he's a guy you see in the portal at the end of the spring.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I just don't know a whole lot about uh, Levi Draper at all. Uh, I suppose he wasn't he injured
0: at some point maybe early last season or spring think, or he just No, hasn't he really was played at all. He was completely healthy last year. He played on kick coverage last year. Okay. Um he was he he got hurt in fall camp uh in the 2017 season. So his his true freshman year he had a season ending injury. Um I can't remember what it was. I think he like broke his leg or or something like that. But uh yeah, no, he was a he was a highly recruited guy. He was a four-star guy. Um had offers from pretty much every major program in the country. He had an Alabama offer and whatnot, and uh, maybe just a guy who just is, you know, just never really fit into what they wanted to do. And I can't really blame him because the previous coaching staff didn't know what they wanted to do. So,
1: well, Lincoln Riley mentioned Levi Draper, so that just for some some context. I mean, the inside linebacker coach, sure, he's working up with them more, but I mean. Riley at least mentioned him, so he's yeah, but he's also you know off the, he's got to be list. the
0: he he's got to be you know the diplomat, right? Brian Odom is the guy who who is going to be making the final decision of who plays, and he just he specifically mentions White, Asamoah, and Jones. Yeah, so I mean it's it's still spring, it's spring, but like I, I think you know we can take this as a snapshot in time and say hey, today's April 11th or April 12th when you're li- listening this and. Those are probably the three guys at will right now.
1: All right, well, that's a... I think that's fair. Yeah, using the, I guess, the the theory of listening to who the coaches bring up and then kind of basing your thoughts on those are the guys that maybe have a leg up on other players, that transitions us into our next soundbite from Lincoln Riley, just an all-encompassing thought on, he was asked generally you know who's having a good spring and Riley listed off a bunch of names so let's see what you can gather if anything from this soundbite from coach
2: Riley and Turner Yale uh, you know, Patrick Fields um, has really had a good spring I think I think Kenneth Murray's playing some of the best ball that I've seen him play uh has really done some nice things Q Overton I think's really come on Neville Gallimore has been pretty dominant um you know, offensively, I, I think we're uh, excited about our young H-backs. You know, I think those guys got Willis and, and Hall have a chance to be pretty good players. Uh, you know, Ramble's had a good spring. The young receivers have been pretty good. So, I mean, there's the, the whole line has really, really grown. Been excited about uh, Eric Swenson, uh, Marquise Hayes, Adrian Ely. a couple of those guys really doing some nice things for us. So, uh, guys have been put in position where, you know, it's a little different for them and they're getting all these reps and they're getting better quickly.
1: All okay, right, so the main thing that stood out to me about that was the mention of Kenneth Murray. I don't recall Kenneth Murray's name coming up a whole lot in spring, talking to Alex Grinch, talking to uh, – not that we've talked to Brian Odom a whole lot. I think I've I've been around just twice now. So I didn't know that Kenneth Murray, according to Lincoln Riley, was having a great spring. And, I mean, I suppose this is his third year in the program, so he should be having a, a nice time. But it is a new defense. But ta- we talked to Kenneth Murray on Wednesday, and he's – very comfortable so the defense is easy to learn things like that but uh, that's not to me Kenneth Murray having a good spring and so if the defense is going to be really good I feel like we've said it the past two years in order for the defense to be solid and to good Kenneth Murray is going to have to be good as well so I suppose if uh, you know it's it's a good thing to hear that he's having a good spring so what did you take from from Riley's comments if anything
0: uh you know with Kenneth Murray I'm I'm squarely in at the point right now where I'll I'll believe it when I see it and that's not to be that's not to be harsh or anything like that um that's not this isn't the first time I've heard Kenneth Murray being talked up by the coaching staff and I'm not not trying to rip on him he just he's just been he's he's been an average to below average player for Oklahoma the last two seasons it's just that's just the truth of the matter um the the thing that of course that I that I take away from it and I think it's the most encouraging thing uh Delarian Turner Yell and Patrick Fields Um, First two names. The first two names and I think that's important because it's at the it's at the position that was the you know the most revolving door like this past season Um, and especially in the secondary it's it's really important to have stability at the safety position Um, especially between two guys right now that we weren't necessarily expecting to start really I guess on on next year's defense and to see that those are the first two guys that he pulls out of a hat or not pulls out of a hat the first guys that he pulls out of his mind. uh, I think that is potentially a good thing. Um, only good things can come from stability in the back end of your defense.
1: Also, Q. Overton getting a mention is nice. Yes, he's a I like that, that a lot. That didn't do as much last season. I don't know if he maybe was injured a bit or nicked up. But I don't. I don't recall him doing really much at all last year. And I thought he'd be a player that would be able to contribute and maybe even start a, a season ago. And he he really didn't. So good to hear his name from Lincoln Riley. Yeah,
0: uh, Overton's a guy who I've you know I. I feel like every time he's gotten an opportunity, he's he's been pretty good. So um, any sort of opportunity that he has to make some sort of impact, I'm I'm all for. I, I I've been kind of puzzled as to why he hasn't gotten on the field more. My guess is because he doesn't really provide much of a of a pass rush. But you know, my retort to that would be, well, n- neither is anyone else. So, but <laughs> you know, I don't know. It, it, it'd be good. I mean, Overton, I think is going to be a senior. So if, obviously, it'd be it'd be good if if he had a good senior season. He's a guy who. Q Overton started some games on that 2015 playoff team I mean, he's been around for a long time Ooh, that's a long time all right let's move on to
1: the actual spring game we'll discuss that a little bit let's start with the format of the game grant have you heard the format yet did you read it or figure it out if not I, yeah, got I saw the, the details yeah. okay well uh Lincoln Riley said that you know just like it has been there's gonna be two separate teams it's gonna be a competitive game is what he kept saying uh, there's going to be some honorary coaches, which we found out about that today. i uh, are recording this on Thursday evening, and uh, I guess the biggest change that's notable is that they're just going to play a full half of football, and that when the game will end, Riley said the players will not come back out. So basically, they're going to play a half. They're not going to play a full game. Riley said they might make the quarters a little longer, but uh, basically, it's only going to be a half. I would guess that it it'll last some something, something like max of like an hour of actual game gameplay. That's just a total guess on my part based on like a half a football. So that's the uh, the format grant. Is that a good thing, bad thing, indifferent knowing that? You know, I, I think it's a good thing because if they know that they're not going to play a whole lot, then maybe we'll see a little more urgency and we'll see a, you know, maybe for at least a half a football some halfway decent fo- uh, halfway decent play. What do you think about that? Yeah, no, I like it. Um, and also limits you The chances of injuries hopefully
0: absolutely and it's mostly for that for that reason um it's 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 not good football this is not great football it's football played at largely 60 percent um and it's just it's 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 blah it's not great so (laughs) blah (laughs) yeah so we're gonna the the things i'm most looking forward to what i'm gonna be watching i want to see how the defense lines up and i want to see if they're if they're moving pre-snap that, that's that's going to be the thing that I'm watching the most. And I, I'm sure we'll probably get to that point. But um, I, I, I'm always skeptical about what we can take from this game. I, I mean, especially after last year, that was that was one of the biggest waste of times I'd ever seen. <laughs> So I got the
1: rosters in front of me here, and uh, by the way, we
0: haven't really mentioned it yet, but some technical difficulties
1: on the pod today. I don't really have internet access except for on my phone, so I'm glad I printed out the rosters before we started doing this, because if not, I wouldn't have had access to the rosters. I honestly haven't looked at them that closely yet. Let's see, where is, uh, let's see, what, what team is the quarterbacks on? We got, uh, okay, Tanner Mordecai is on the white team, so that would mean that Jalen Hurts, I'm sure, is on the red team. Grant, have you looked over the roster? I'll start with you. Maybe you've done a little I, more research on this. No?
0: I looked at him a little bit. So I think Mordecai's throwing to CeeDee Lamb, uh, I think Jaden Hazelwood, and Charleston Rambo as notables. And Lee Morris. And Lee Morris. And then um, Jalen Hurts. Also Jalen Crawford's on that team. Yeah, Jalen Hurts has Bridges, Weiss, Um, I think Calcaterra maybe. Well, here's the thing. I was going to bring this up. and might as well bring it up now. I saw a tweet
1: from Eric Bailey from the Tulsa World, and he tweeted out, he he along with Bob Prisbillo from Sooner Scoop. And, again, this is just, I'm going to give these guys credit because I haven't taken the time to, to look this stuff up yet because, I honestly, I've been at work and been working on News 9 stuff. But, anyways, Eric and Bob said that they found out, they were trying to break down missing players from the spring game based on the rosters. And what they found is that Grant Calcaterra, Kenneth Mann, Drake Stoops, Trey Norwood, and Levi Draper are among those that they realized are absent on these rosters, and according to Eric Bailey, Oklahoma confirmed that those players are out for the spring game, so Calcaterra is not going to play, according to Eric Bailey. And well, Oklahoma. there you go. Uh, Calcaterra, which that. is weird. We talked to Calcaterra on Wednesday, and he was in this like promo video they had, so... I mean, who knows? Maybe he at that point, maybe he knew he wasn't going to play. Maybe something just happened in the last twenty-four hours. You know, whatever.
0: Uh, I you and know, at least, and there's that guy I, I Levi gotta,
1: Draper you talked about. Levi
0: Draper apparently is not playing either. God, man, when whenever like news like that breaks, I kind like my stomach kind of drops a little bit because I always think back to to two thousand nine uh, when Jermaine Gresham got hurt like two days before the first game of the season. And that always because there were like rumors and like he was kind of missing from some sort of team thing, and it just sort of slowly started to trickle out. Yeah, and I didn't want to believe it either. Yeah,
1: I was and, trying like I was like, oh, you know, there's these kind of reports of like sources close to the the, the situation or people you know are saying, and I, oh, come, you know, I was in college at the time, and thinking, oh, that's not a very strong source. You know, of course it, you know, they they were all correct. All the source, <laughs> all the sources were correct about. Gresham. But yeah,
0: I'm just I don't know. I always just get a little. Little yance or little antsy when that happens. I'm sure they're fine. I- I'm sure, like, yeah, I saw, I saw video of Calcaterra, you know, last night, like 24 hours ago. So unless he literally, like, broke his leg in practice this morning,
1: yeah. I don't know. I mean, and Trey Norwood spoke to the media this week too on Tuesday. We talked to Trey Norwood, and he looked fine. Nothing could wrong be for- uh,
0: could be discipline as well. That or That's- I mean just. That's ultra speculation, obviously. No, I mean, the it could be anything. I'm gonna I'm gonna
1: use the glass half full thought and just think, you know, because Lincoln Riley, this, the, and maybe like every coach feels this way because it's the spring. If there's like a slight bump or bruise or nick, they don't play these guys. They just sit them out. They're like, whatever. We're, there's not, it's not worth it. Not worth getting anybody more injured or anything. So I that's I'm that's my glass half full approach to if, if there's. Well, there definitely will be players missing because of injury. I think uh, I it's, just, we just don't know how serious some of them are.
0: I think you're. I think you're probably right. Yeah, it, it's probably more if he just got like, he got like a bad bruise like on his shin or something like that. it's like, yeah, just let's let's go ahead and be cautious type thing.
1: So yeah, those are some of the players that uh, Eric Bailey and Bob Prisbylo apparently found out that aren't going to be playing. So good on those guys for their due diligence. Grant the honorary coaches. Some interesting names here. Let's we'll start with the white team. I mean, they went they went old school with the white team, going with Billy Sims. They got a Heisman Trophy winner. Tommy Harris, one of the best defensive players ever to play at OU. And then you got D.D. Westbrook, <laughs> just like one of those guys is not the same. You got D.D. Westbrook, a more recent guy in the NFL right now. And then on the red team, you got Orlando Brown. You got Lane Johnson, two offensive linemen, one guy an all pro. The other guy, maybe a future all pro. We'll see how Orlando Brown does. And you got another Heisman Trophy winner in Kyler Murray coming back and then you got Joe Washington first round draft pick legendary
0: sooner's running back so uh, that's cool some some good names yeah those are like big time those are big time sooner's you know and that
1: just shows how how solid of a i mean this is a a co- i mean one of the most legendary programs in all of college football so you would hope this happens you would expect this happens but this shows you how how much these former players care about Oklahoma still I mean, we all know Billy Sims does. I mean, he's always at the Heisman <laughs> Trophy. So, I mean, we, I mean, but even, even Kyler Murray. I mean, he's two weeks away from being probably drafted number one overall. Oh, he, man. Are we are we only two weeks away from the draft? Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, baby. I mean,
1: Kyler Murray. I mean, Lane Johnson's been uh, one of the best uh, offensive linemen in the NFL for a handful of years or more. And he's coming back, and he loves it. Orlando I Brown's it's, back. It's just great. I think it's I mean, cool that uh, I think it's cool Joe Washington's back. That's pretty neat. I think Joe Washington's at a decent amount of games all the time too. So, but this is the, one of the first times I've kind of heard him, you know, publicly be like featured. You know, as that's one pretty of Pretty sweet. Uh, that's cool. Yeah. So, anyways, yeah, just I mean, that's worth a mention. That came out on Thursday with all the rosters. So, how much emphasis does Lincoln Riley put on the spring game? I mean, compared to other scrimmages, things like that. That was a question that I uh, asked Lincoln Riley, and as I try to pull this up. I'll play that soundbite for you. From an evaluation process, uh, process, how much emphasis do you put on the spring game compared to other scrimmages that you've had so far this spring?
2: Uh, Yeah, I mean, less on the schematics, probably more on just how do they handle the whole situation, you know, being in that stadium, people watching, um, you know, how do you handle kind of the moment, are you able to – really lean back and and do the things that we've been coaching and we've been working on for all these spring practices or you kind of revert back to old habits or do your own thing or not trust, you know, what's been put in front of you. So I think those are the biggest things individually that you watch with guys and and you get a good feel for if they're ready for prime time or not.
1: That makes sense. I mean, he'll get an even better feel for that. You'd expect this Friday under the lights, which has never happened. So in a way, I mean, it sounds like Lincoln Riley looks out for – the players that haven't played much at all, maybe they're new. The, obviously, the new freshmen that have never played a college football game, and just to see how they react in, in a stadium setting when it it feels like it means a little more.
0: So, yeah, I they, think that's that, that's yeah. valid, right? Yeah, I, I mean that's really all you can you know evaluate, right? Just, I mean, for all of the reasons that we've already gone over, they're they're going to be yeah. playing at sixty percent. Like it's not, and I, I well, they're not going to be playing I, at sixty. I mean, they play these guys play hard. I mean, you know, you
1: always say the thing about football is that you can't play football at a, you know, at something like sixty percent because then you have a good chance of getting injured. And yeah. I mean, I know the Pro Bowl, I guess, is a the exception to that rule. Those guys don't really try, but I mean, they're they're going to play. I mean, they're going to go out, and the, I mean, they're going to play at, at at more than sixty well, percent. Just you have to. Maybe I mean, you
0: have to play football at that. Sorry, I think I cut you yeah, off. I but uh, no, no, I don't really have a rebuttal. I was just like, yeah, I mean, you. Yeah, I, I feel like I, I stated my case I, I don't need to rebut you I'd say closer to ninety percent than sixty uh yeah yeah I mean you know I I, I tend to say some pretty crazy things <laughs> uh, well, but here's yeah, the thing, I, mean, I mean but everyone I, knows what I mean
1: yeah I mean Alex Grinch would tend to agree with you though based on uh, his comments this week as I look over my sheet to make sure we're still on schedule here because Grinch you know he was asked you know like how are you gonna know? if uh you know things are looking the right way like what are you going to take from the spring game defensively and he said well there'll be very little that I'll be able to take away from the game because well there'll be contributors that won't be able to play in the game and he mentioned because of injuries and we talked five minutes ago about that tweet from Eric Bailey and Bob Persbillo and some defensive guys on that list Trey Norwood Kenneth Mann Levi Draper we've already heard about the the numbers struggling or being low in the secondary so and Right now, Alex Grinch, I mean, that's what he said about the the defense. So there's not a whole lot he can take from it. Uh, But we did get a chance to ask him, you know, what do you want to see from the defense in the spring game? And as I pull that up, I'll play that for you. So, I mean, this is like the second part of him saying basically, well, not a whole lot we can take from it.
4: It's the first opportunity for some of these guys, uh, for some of these guys at all, to to play You know, kind of under a, a spotlight. And again, there's no hiding. There's 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 no you'll get exposed. You know that 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 play that uh, uh, you made a good excuse for on on practice number seven. You know the 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 eyes are on you, and and uh, people are anxious to see a change defensively. And, and so are you are you part of the old uh, kind of the the uh, old mindset? Are you you one of the guys that is going to uh, help springboard this thing moving forward? So those are some of the things that we're seeing. But to see big picture stuff, no, that's inappropriate to do. And that's 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 everywhere. You split teams. You got A number of different guys. You know, you don't have subs. You know, necessarily substitutes. You're real thin across the board, and so um, no, I don't want to make it more than it is.
1: There's a part in there though that was essentially: Are you going to show us that you're part of the problem or part of the solution when it comes to this horrible, horrible defense? That's good to hear.
0: Yeah, yeah, I like that. He's got you're. You're going to play another clip of him talking here soon. That uh, fires me up, man. I'm just. You should probably just play it.
1: Yeah, I probably should. Hold on. Let me. Yeah, you it.
0: know you know the exact one you're talking about. I'm talking about. I was about. saving
1: that for the end.
0: Oh, no reason to save it for the end. Let's just get into it, baby. All right, yeah, to this... be. This is like literally gonna sound like angels singing to like every OU fan alive. All right, so this is a longer
1: version. So you're probably talking you saw I tweeted out a uh you know a thirty second version of this. This is on the this is on the pass defense, which
0: Oh, I didn't see you tweeted something about it. I just I just I heard the uh sound clip you sent me. You sent me. Oh, oh okay. Okay. So yeah, you have yeah, i have
1: heard this then. Well, this is Alex Grinch on the pass defense. You might remember on our last podcast Trey Brown was talking about how the number 129, the the ranking they were last year in defending the pass came up a lot in practice. Well, that got brought up again this week and it wasn't prompted by any of the media. It wasn't asked at all, but if you listen to Alex Grinch here, you'll 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 hear that uh, You'll hear from Alex Grinch why Trey Brown was so adamant about it last week, put it that way.
4: How can we script for success? You know, give us give us the hard stuff. That's let's, let's see how we can manage it. We've pressed corners, for instance, all, all all spring. Just to make it hard on. You know, are we are we gonna press corners? No, that's not that's not the point. But the point being is let's not make it let not put them necessarily in the situation that uh, uh, they, they can have their minds at ease or, or put them in a situation that uh, um, it, 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 it's easier to keep the ball in front of you. Let's stress them. We're 129th out of 129 teams versus the pass. And that, they, believe me, if I could get a tattooed on every single one of them, I would. Because that, that's something, if we don't get corrected, we're going to have major, major issues. Again, we've seen signs of it. We've seen signs of that disease creep into our practices. And I coach in the secondary as well. So yeah, I'm not pointing fingers. That's on me. Um, but that that's something that, that unfortunately, uh, is is uh, still ingrained in these guys. And as, as we battle to get it out, uh, you know, one place too many.
1: All right. Now I listen to that again. I... I know what you were talking about, so I'll let you jump ahead. You were talking more about the very beginning of that soundbite, weren't you?
0: Oh yeah, of course. I'm talking about pressing every single play. They've been doing How that awesome. in spring. Isn't that great? See, doesn't that just doesn't that just like everyone listening to this right now? Doesn't that just like don't you feel validated right now?
1: <laughs> well, just, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, you shouldn't jump that
0: far because I'm he, going to.
1: You can't. You can't stop me. He qualified that, though, like a, literally a second later
0: when he no, said, it's, I, I know. I know. He said he said he said, he, yeah, he said, what are we going to press all the time? No, we're not going to do that. But they're going to press a whole hell of a lot. I guarantee it. <laughs> you don't you don't have them press every single day in practice on every single play. If that's not your intention. Well, not just for the he hell of it. Say,
1: and, <laughs> and this is maybe this is semantics, but. He said, quote, I got it in, head, in front of me. He says, we've pressed corners all spring just to make it hard on them. Are we going to press corners? No, that's not the point. So I- either he, he just didn't, you know, he, he took out the part where he said not all the time or they're not going to press as much as we think they're going to.
0: Um, I, I could have sworn like while listening to it, I, I, you hear him like go into say like all the time. All right, let's play the
1: first 20 seconds of that one more time because why not? Here it is.
4: How can we script for success? You know, give us give us the hard stuff. Let's, let's see how we can manage it. We've pressed corners, for instance, all, all, all spring just to make it hard on them. You know, are we, are we going to press corners? No, that's not, that's not the point. But the point being is let's not make it – let's not put them necessarily in the situation that uh, – uh, they they can have their minds at ease or, or put them in a situation that uh, um, it, it, it it's easier to keep the ball in front of you. That, that's, that's stressing.
0: So, yeah. It, he doesn't he, say all the time. He doesn't he yeah, he doesn't say all the time, but then – but he's obviously, by context, like – just in terms of just like human speech mannerisms, he's going into, he's like stammering. He was going yeah. into saying, Are, are we going to like press all the time? That's what he was this, trying to say. This is what this defense has done to us the past 10 years. I know. Years. We should, We're let's parsing listen to it again. Words. Like, let's, let's treat it like this Zapruder, the Zapruder film. <laughs> no, I, th- do I think, you're, and you know I think I'm right. right. You know I'm right. Don't play devil's advocate. Why not? I mean, oh, we you have know I'm some... right because you know, you know it's correct. <laughs>
1: Well, based on the film I've watched of Washington State and stuff, yeah, they're they're going to get hands-on guys. But uh, I just thought that, that was just an interesting part where if you want to get real in-depth, uh, he almost made it seem like, oh, we're just pressing corners here in the, in the spring just to make it really difficult on them so that when we don't press them, when the actual game starts, they'll be even more comfortable, which now saying that out loud, just, that doesn't make sense anyways.
0: No, did you? But did you also hear the little thing he, he slipped in there about how we don't want them just kind of sitting back and accepting like yeah. what comes to them? Or, yeah, like this is like, he well, said that. Well, the point is he wants them
1: to depress this and do this so that they're not constantly in situations where they're comfortable. They want to, he wants them to be uncomfortable all the time. Which that's great because then if you're uncomfortable all the time, then you'll be more comfortable in chaos. And
0: you like, Oh yeah, you'll yeah you'll learn how to execute when you're uncomfortable. That's the point. Hopefully, <laughs> if so he what succeeds. about the last? What about the last half of that soundbite when he brought up the one twenty nine out of
1: one twenty nine, and the, he wants to get that tattooed on everybody?
0: Yeah, I mean, sure, but I'd much rather him get like the, the call sheet tattooed on them or something like that, <laughs> or have him instead of doing that. I'd rather you know them watch an extra couple hours of film every day or something. That's a, That was a very Lee answer I just gave. So it it's all about answer. film that's the sounds only great. answer that's the answer to every problem
1: just watch more film baby yeah yeah it, uh, the answers are in the film they always are <laughs> all right so we've played a lot of sound bites and things like that let's what do you want to see from the defense grant what are you watching for i know that you're not the biggest spring game fan it even sounds like alex grinch is like you know what not a whole lot you can take away from this but just as a as a football fan, as an Oklahoma fan, just uh, somebody who loves the game, and uh, knowing that it's a spring game in that context, what do you want to see out of the defensive players in this game on Friday?
0: So, like I said earlier, yeah, I'm going to be watching how they line up first of all, just to see if there's any sort of material difference there, and then I'm going to be watching closely to see the defensive line if they're if they're doing like the, those stunts, um, those uh, and the the shifting before the before the snap. That's that's what I'm going to be looking for. Um, you know, I. I guess I'm usually, I want to look at the young guys. I want to see, you know, their size. They look ready to play college football. That's what I'll be paying attention to. It's it's going to be so hard to, to gauge what they're doing, Lee, because it's just not, it's, they're going to run like four plays. It's all just going to be base defense. So, you know, I'll, I'm going to watch carefully, but there's not anything specifically that I'm watching for other all than, right, I mean- other than what I said already. Yeah, no,
1: those are good things. The defensive line one's really good because that's something that that I doubt they'll put a whole lot of stuff on tape this early, but that's something that they're going to want to do. So we'll check that out. You know, Last year I wanted to watch Buki a lot, and this year, I mean, now that DeLaron Turner-Yell and Patrick Fields are getting all this hype, I definitely want to watch them closely. I mean, I like watching those individual players. Uh, but honestly, I want to see this defense on both sides. I want to see the defense not really give up much at all. I mean, I want to see the offense not score a lot because – we got Tanner Mordecai, who's a young player, who's never started a game, his second year in the system, who, you know, he might be a good player, but very inexperienced. And we got Jalen Hurts, who is a very experienced player, but not in this offense. And let's be honest, he's not the greatest throwing quarterback in, in the world. I don't think these guys, these quarterbacks, should be able to just go out there and light them up. I want to see this defense, even though it's not supposed to be very good or it was bad last year, I want to see them make plays and make it uncomfortable and uneasy on the offense. In a weird way, I want to see the offense not play well, but because of the defense. And we saw the defense play well last year, but it didn't matter because the weather was so bad. It would have been weird if the defense didn't play well. I think we saw one touchdown in the entire game, maybe two actually, now that I think about it. So I want to I see. I mean, there are also de- like forty mile an hour wins though. Right, yeah. So like I mean, last year doesn't really count. So this year it'll be more advantageous for the offense than it was last year. So the offense should have a nice game, but I want to see the defense beat the offense. And so I know it's kind of an all encompassing thing, but I want to see the defense play well, especially after we were hearing all these things about how it's it's not sounding that great. I know they were ahead of schedule a couple weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago, but man, it just it does not it does not sound all that great right now out of the mouth of Alex Grinch. And
0: what are the chances, you know, Lee, that Alex Grinch is just screwing with all of us and they're just they've just been amazing. They've picked it up so quickly. He can't oh, believe well, how much like progress a,
1: they've made. Maybe like a one percent chance. He just he yeah, seems so darn honest with everything he says. Yeah. And I don't know if that's how he always is or how he always will. But I'm sure it is. I'm sure. I mean, like, why would he? He's coached for many, many years. I don't know why he'd all of a sudden change his his style when it comes to addressing the media. Uh, I mean, I think he'll tell Ooh, you. You know, how, it would be it is. If,
0: it, if it were possible. It'd be like a, a really, a really like someone who is really obsessed or someone who had quite the work ethic or whatnot would go back and and look at like old Washington State stuff to see how he talked to the media, see how he talked about his defense (laughs) like during the season and whatnot. That would be interesting. If you could find it, if you could find that
1: stuff, you know, who knows?
0: Yeah. Someone out there who's like someone out there who's like still in college or something like that or has like a lot of free time. Start (laughs) looking that up, like start looking that up or something. That'd be cool. Yeah, totally. We'll totally (laughs) give you credit on the podcast. I can't like pay or anything, but it'd it'd be cool. Hey, we could give you a, a thumbs up uh
1: way to go and attaboy so that yeah that's what i want to see i deshaun white i'm interested in that let's transition a bit over to him because talking to him this week you know we talked to him the day you know after the same day we talked to lincoln riley and heard about caleb kelly and found out that you know deshaun white's the next guy up he comes off to me as a guy he uh he. It sounds to me like he was maybe competing with Kenneth Murray at that Mike backer spot because he talked about how he's kind of switched positions and it's a good thing that he knew how to play Mike and now he's playing will. So like both those positions in this defense are pretty similar. You do a lot of the similar things. And so it's, it's nice that he knew the Mike well and a lot of the things that Mike does that the will does that as well. So the transition to will has been easier. So just reading through the tea leaves there, I think maybe he was competing with Kenneth Murray a bit and maybe Caleb Kelly was was winning that will backer job or potentially maybe they were thinking you know what Deshaun White's got to be able to play both those spots he's basically the next guy up if one of those guys go down which is probably more likely the case Uh, so Deshaun White um, I have one soundbite to play on him and it's about the spring game and it's somewhat interesting so Here's Deshaun White when asked about kind of, you know, what the fans can expect from the defense on Friday night.
2: I think it will be easy to see just because um, um, I just, I don't know, I feel it. You know, it's one of those things just being here last year and even after the change just it's just such a drastic difference, you know, and just, um, I mean, the way things, I mean, just how, you know, excited we are being out there and just the way we run around, the way we're, you know, we really play together and just stuff like that. I think it's going to be something that you can see just in our, like, our mannerisms
1: and so he was talking about uh how you'll be able to see the difference in the defense and the very beginning of that clip he says it'll be easy to see so my apologies for not setting setting that up as perfectly as i could have but uh, grant he says it's going to be pretty easy to see the difference in the defense so i mean good i like hearing that i mean whether or not he's pulling our chain or yanking our chain i guess is we'll find that out friday night but uh Um, It it makes me kind of think that there are going to be some things maybe like, you know, moving the defensive lineman around quite a bit and the way the the secondary lines up, things like that, maybe that do look drastically different than what we have seen.
0: Yeah, I mean, what would be like what would be the upside of not doing what you're going to be doing over the course of the season? The only the only one would be right just not to put stuff on tape. Like, I guess, it, yeah. Yeah, because so I mean I would hope we'll at least I mean, I think even if we just see his base defense and just yeah. sort of the little tweaks that go along with it, I that's gonna be enough for me. I, I just want to see what it looks like is all. I'm curious, most of all.
1: Yeah, and honestly, everything will be put on tape probably after week one against Houston. I mean most stuff. So it,
0: it, you know, who cares? Like it's it's all gonna be put on tape eventually anyways. Yeah, but I mean it's yeah, it's yeah, that I mean that's true. If if teams really want to, they can go and watch Washington State tape. Yeah, you know, like we have, <laughs> like we have. Yeah, exactly. Quite it's, a bit. Yeah, I, we're not. I yeah, I, I can almost assure you, we're not going to see anything on on Friday night that you can't see going on YouTube and watching Washington State, probably. All
1: right, Grant. That's all I have. Like hard, hard line stuff on the spring game. I have a couple other notes that I've wrote. I uh, wrote uh, that I've written down. Uh, let's see uh did you hear about tanner mordecai popping off a 75 80 yard touchdown run the other day apparently he's got uh, wheels
0: yes i have heard that i have heard Kenneth it Murray was nauseum. very impressed so i mean yeah i mean that's cool that's cool i hope i hope tanner Mordecai's awesome so lincoln riley has said
1: multiple times that yeah they're not going to be recruiting statues back there they make sure that they get quarterbacks that can do it all that are athletic that can move around that can throw so i mean the new age kind of quarterback not going to see any um you know I almost said Drew Locke, but I think I did correct myself weeks ago on this podcast. I did watch a little more Drew Locke film and he was a little less of a statue than I thought he was. But uh yeah, you're not going to see those big time statue type quarterback like a Man, did you see Like a Ryan Finley from uh, NC State oh, or the guy from Duke. Pull. I mean, he's kind
0: of a he's kind of a statue too. Um, did you Did you see that I don't know if you if you're a mock draft reader, but sometimes I'm seeing I'm seeing a, a trend of a ton of mock drafts of people mocking Drew Locke to the Broncos at ten overall. Yeah. It's hilarious. Oh, hilarious! I, I just hilarious. I, I hope it happens. I'm rooting for it to happen. Obviously.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. It'll be another another uh, you know notch in John Elway's belt. That guy just
0: boy. I mean, he sure why wouldn't how to you just? He evaluate that position. I don't. Why wouldn't you just wait for next year when it's going to be like in a. You know, or the next two years when there's going to you got you got back to back years where you're going to have Tua and then Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, but I'm sure he doesn't want to like I'm sure he's thinking, you know, I don't want to sacrifice any sort of season and whatnot. I mean, they just won a Super Bowl like three years ago. Yeah, I mean, but I maybe mean, he's like not any good. Just watch him. If you're if you're an average player in college, you have a zero percent chance to be a good NFL player. Average in college does not equal good in the NFL. <laughs>
1: Bear with me. I'm gonna to try to find this quote from an article that I thought was hilarious in regards to Drew okay,
0: Locke. Then I'll I'll keep going. Then I just I don't understand the idea of if, if you're gonna draft Drew Locke at ten, why don't you just take Will Greer? If, yeah, like I'd much rather have Will Greer in like the second or third round than if you're gonna take if you're gonna yeah. take a college air raid quarterback, you might as well take a guy who is who has flashed some accuracy at the college level before. A guy who has is, who is shown at least like an adeptness of throwing the back shoulder fade. Drew Locke sucks. <laughs> the guy didn't even complete 60% of his passes in college. Not in one season. And neither
1: did the guy from Duke. Uh, why can't I remember his name? Is it Daniel Carlson? Jones. Jones. I, I was thinking Daniel Carlson. That's not...
0: It's, I, he and, didn't need it either. Which it just it blows my mind. It, just, it, it shows a complete unwillingness to accept where the game is going. And I don't understand it. I mean, he was he he employed Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning understood where the game was going. He threw the ball 50 times a game when he was in Denver. I just I don't understand this at all. John Elway like obviously John Elway has forgotten more about football than I will ever know, but I mean, much like Michael Jordan, just being a great player does not does not equal good executive. At, yeah, like, I mean, obviously.
1: Yeah, I mean like I, about, maybe about a year or two ago, I, I was kind of I had that thought of like, man, I just don't think this guy knows what he's doing when it comes to the quarterback position. But then I, I was kind of like stop short and think, you know, that John Elway is John Elway. I mean, he's one of the best quarterbacks ever played. So, like, you know, maybe some of these guys will pan out. But no, I mean, with the decision, they will get Case Keenum randomly for a year after he clearly was elevated by uh, the Vikings. And who the and magic? Pat, Pat Shermer and 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 magic. Just just in general out. And trading for you know getting Joe Flacco, which is like okay, Joe Flacco's way over the hill, and he had a quote saying like he still thinks that Flacco has like prime years remaining or something like that, and it's like he he got benched and Lamar Jackson who does not throw the forward pass? Does he? No, no, he doesn't. But John <laughs> yeah, Elway I, thinks I, so. I know. Uh, here's I just- here's the quote. I thought this was a John Elway quote, but it's not. It's from an AFC scouting director, but still, it might as well be John Elway. So this is the quote I saw. It's from, I think it's a Sports Illustrated article. Quote, it's his demeanor, talking about Drew Locke. He's unflappable, just has a ton of confidence. Part of the issue with rookie quarterbacks, you're throwing a lot at them. They start to make mistakes. They get in their own head. You get a sense from Locke, he'll be unfazed by all that. Like, he'll throw three picks in a game and come back and think he's the blank still. The S-word still. So... (laughs) I sorry I can't curse on this podcast. I wish I, but just oh he'll throw three picks, but it's 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 okay because he
0: still thinks he's good.
1: Like, like oh what my ridiculous God.
0: Quote like that's hilarious. So, they're still they're like still this is an, an AFC old guard scouting the NFL. director. This is this is like just a sneaky interesting storyline of the NFL right now. Just like the the super interesting contrast between the old and the new school right now and just how obviously in the past, the old school people are. And
1: And I guess I mean quarterbacks that, that can complete passes accurately and have a a nice arm and are smart and aren't dumb idiots. And, you know, and and I'm not saying that drew Locke is a dumb idiot or anything like that, but he, he's not accurate. He's got a nice arm and strong arm, but he, he can't, complete he can't put the ball where he wants the ball to go more often than not and that's incredibly important in football especially the nfl
0: yeah i guess i just that uh i saw that today and i mean not to not to just go on a stupid nfl rant like we're apt to do on this podcast but um well, it's
1: the end of the show so i mean yeah i just i, I, I saw that this OU morning thing and, to talk about before we move okay get to the end i of just the show, say
0: I, I saw that this on. morning and it and it bugged me because i just the the whole idea of drafting Drew Locke in the first round it just really confuses me. And then I thought <laughs> and that and, and that's when I thought about Will Greer and I was like, why I mean, why don't you just draft Will Greer? He's they're basically the same player. I mean, but Will Greer's a lot more accurate and but just doesn't have quite as strong of an arm. I, I, just, I, mean,
1: uh, I think Will Greer's probably about two to three
0: inches shorter than yeah, Locke, that, maybe. But that doesn't I mean who I don't, freaking I don't. cares? <laughs> I don't I don't know. But, I mean who if, are, are you a good football player or not yeah
1: I mean I'm just I feel so bad who for whoever whichever franchise drafts Drew Locke and whichever franchise drafts uh, Daniel Jones like nothing against those two guys I'm sure they're perfectly fine people but they just they don't they don't make like there's no way that can make you excited for your team's future at the quarterback position and that's the most important position in sports Uh, you know, as a Browns fan last year, like, congratulations, like, getting Baker Mayfield was the right decision, Uh, I know you're not as on the same page as me as this, but congratulations to the Jets, Sam Darnold's going to be a good player, he was the next best guy in that draft, and he's better than, he's better than all the guys in this draft, with the exception of Kyler Murray, so, but, you know, then you get to Daniel Jones and Drew Locke, and you know, as a first round pick, you know maybe if you got those guys later in the second or third round, you'd be like, okay, sure it's worth a flyer, but you know, up in the top part of the draft, uh, that does not get you excited.
0: Man, I hope, uh, I hope Dwayne Haskins gets gets out of the top ten, and I hope, and, and I hope the Broncos draft Drew Locke over Dwayne Haskins.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, that would be a huge mistake. Oh I'm man, there.
0: that would be that would be so great. I, mean, yeah. I I I really hope it happens. All right, the
1: last thing I have on OU Grant is I mentioned last week on the podcast we we're talking about the offensive line and i wanted to go back and look at the film i shot from last week and and write down the offensive linemen who were in the two different groups that were going and so i went back and did that wrote it down i didn't send it to you so i have it here now in front of me and granted this is a week and a half old but you know we'll see what the starters look like in the spring game but here were the two groups of offensive linemen that i saw on the field and i'm gonna guess that this group here was technically the number one group so i'll start with uh, who I believe is probably the number one group: left tackle Eric Swinson, left guard Marquise Hayes, center Clayton Woods, right guard Tyrese Robinson, right tackle Adrian Ely. So that was the first group. I'm guessing maybe maybe the ones. Even though I gotta say, actually, to be fair to Lincoln Riley and the team, Lincoln Riley made a made a point to say that he's not even sure who the ones are yet at offensive line. Uh, so they're still trying to figure that out. And then the other group of guys, left tackle, Finley Felix, left guard, Daryl Simpson, center, Ian McIver, right guard, Bray Walker, right tackle, David Swaby. So those are the two groups on the offensive line that I saw uh, the last time they were allowing us to go in for, to practice for the first 15 minutes and they were running quick, uh, just going through against air. They were running some plays and they were, they were running a couple groups in and out. And there's so many quarterbacks that – each offensive line group went with multiple different quarterbacks, so it wasn't like, oh, whatever group was going with Jalen Hurts is probably the number one group. Whichever is going with Mordecai is probably number two. No, it, there's they were getting all the different quarterbacks reps, so it was difficult to tell based on the quarterback, which was one and two. But there was only two offensive line groups. So, Grant, I know you don't have these written down, but uh, was there any surprises on those, uh, the, the, those names I listed off there? Is that kind of what you were thinking?
0: No, I mean, Bray Walker surprises me still sticking at guard there and on the right side too which is surprising so i think that definitely suggests at least right now that eric swinson is definitely ahead of bray walker at left tackle and as of right now bray walker's bray walker's not even at left tackle so um i don't know if that's just a weird spring thing and bill beaten bow has, has done that in the past um yeah. so we'll see i don't know I, I the guy that
1: you're super pumped about that dunk is that marquise hayes that's Marquise big... hayes, Yeah.
0: Okay. So to reiterate, Marquise Hayes is was at the left guard spot. Which how did um yeah I, I I don't I don't necessarily expect you to like crystal clear remember. Do you remember how how did David Swayby look it, like physically? Big. So Real yeah, tall. he's he, he's like six nine, and um.
1: I had to like double I, check he, his number, and so like who is that guy? I just. Like, is he, that really um, the number I'm
0: seeing? And it was. Yeah, yeah, he was uh he was brought in kind of as like a JUCO product. I think he was a basketball player in high school or something like that. But he's just like a raw athlete that they're trying to turn into a tackle. And he's just huge, obviously. Hmm. So um that's interesting. Like, I mean, I th- those like projects always interest me. Not because I necessarily think David Swaybe is gonna be you know, like a big time player at OU or anything. I just I'm always kind of curious to check up on on the progress of 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 projects like that. All right.
1: Well, that's all I have. Uh, This actually went a lot longer than I thought it would. I thought we'd maybe be quick today. I mean, it's quicker than our last one. Uh, So, yeah, again, spring game Friday, 730. Uh, The plan will be to. Well, I'm going to be there, so I'll get a chance to be on the field. Watch it. Get some shots. Uh, You know, I'll definitely enjoy Lee Bryce. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We'll see how that goes. We're going to be doing live shots with Dean for our 6 o'clock show, and Lee Bryce starts at 6.30, so I wonder how that's going to go. I guess we're going to have to – we'll be able to get the live shot in just before Lee Bryce gets going. So that could be an interesting-looking uh, live shot, but uh, you don't list, care about that at all listening to this podcast. Um, yeah, so I'll make sure to DVR the game so I can watch it back and get a better look at it from you know, from the, the top as, a, as opposed to being on the field level. And I suppose, Grant, you and I will – Hopefully be back here you know as as early as we can next week to break this all down and get the the post spring game podcast out, huh? Eh. Any I agree. final thoughts?
0: Uh no. I, I just I I hope I hope there aren't any injuries, basically. Me too. And hey, I mean we didn't even talk about this one
1: time really on this podcast, but we get to watch Jalen Hurts play in a somewhat competitive type game for the first time as a sooner. Uh, I think we're gonna probably put the microscope on him big time, because yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm he's got a he's got big shoes to fill. I mean, which is the most obvious thing ever to say, but I mean, the last two guys are all timers, and now it's your turn,
0: dude. Yeah, I'm excited to see him in a in a Sooner uniform for the first time. It'll be cool. All right. That's all we have. We'll be back, hopefully, again
1: early next week to break down everything we see in Friday's spring game. Until then, for Grant, I am Lee. This is West of Everest.